your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture With Stick Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that likes to eat cheese I can't believe it's not butter No Don't eat butter from the gutter I can't believe it's not butter No You fucking nutter (laughs) (laughs) Did I sing over your first bit? I'm confused (laughs) Leave that in, leave that in It was a beautiful accident Yeah, I thought you'd stopped, I didn't know what your lines were Edit this bit out Well my lines are just the same bit repeated (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know when you were stuck (laughs) Okay Okay, a beautiful Clive accent featuring Ray Winston. We'll stick with that. <laughs> uh, Hi, uh, you're here for music episode. Dunno. Uh, <laughs> We've given up on that. I'm here with uh, music experts Michael Johnson. Hello. And Clive Fisher. Hey, hey. How's it going, guys? Um, life, you know, how's it going? Music, how's it going? Absolutely great. That sounded sarcastic. But yeah, yeah. It, it was. <laughs> Actually, from you, it didn't. I think if I'd said it. <laughs> yeah. Um, How about you, Clive? Uh, actually, fantastic. Really good, Al. Really fucking... Cool. I was just thinking the other day, I feel like I'm living my best life. Cool. And none of it cool. makes any wow. sense, but it's great. Cool. Um, <laughs> Little Birdie tells me you've gone all dark justice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you are now a professional nonce hunter. Is that true? <laughs> Um, entirely accurate, Al, yes. <laughs> Obviously, yes. So that is my new job does. title. Watch out. Professional nonce hunter. Got the badge <laughs> and everything. Um, yeah. I'm cleaning up the streets of Sheffield. Do you get, like, a discount at places with that? What kind of places would you get a discount? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you get, like, you get an army discount or whatever. Yeah. I mean, all I've got to say is... All I've got to say is, paedophiles, your game is through, because now you've got to answer to Clive Fisher. <laughs> um, um, right, yeah, yeah it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm going to fuck him up. Yeah, cool. Um, well, yeah. I mean, um, I haven't listened to that much music recently, although I have listened to your uh, top fives, or at least part of your top fives. Very impressed, cool. actually. Uh, I'm not sure I've totally got all of it, but uh, car seat headrest <laughs> has gone down a treat. Good. Um, I asked somebody at work the other day, they said, I bet I can guess what you're listening to. And I said, well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, you, can you give me a hint? And I said, well, it's like something that appears in a car. And uh, they, they had various guesses, including um, Backseat Warrior, which wasn't far off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, no, car seat headrest was not I one of them. We're going to have genuine guesses, not make stuff up. Well, <laughs> unless that is a band, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's get this one kicked off. Uh, this is new content for 2019. Uh, Michael, what have you got for us? Yes. Well, I'm not going to talk about anything from 2019. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. oh, not, not now, anyway. What the fuck? But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, because we haven't done, I haven't done this for a while. I'm actually going to talk about a band first, uh, rather than a specific record. Um, so I'm going to do that as a, sort of as an um, a never fulfilled promise I once made to somebody. Okay. So this yeah. sounds deep. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about something we don't really do much. I'm going to talk about a band that doesn't need any praise or exposure whatsoever. Uh, a legendary band. So I'm just going to do okay. that and uh, reappraise them. And that Ooh. band is the Stone Roses. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, a band I'm sure we're all familiar with, um, comprised of uh, vocalist Ian Brown, guitarist John Squire, bass guitarist Manny and drummer Rennie, emerging from the uh, baggy and mad Madchester scenes of the mid to late 1980s, exactly, yeah. Uh, a, a, whole, uh, a whole movement which was uh, very much a precursor to Britpop in the 90s. Uh, the band, well, they, I mean... They were really announced themselves with some of their early singles, such as Sally Cinnamon, which is an indie anthem, and uh, Elephant Stone, which starts to play with some of the dance rhythms that would come to be integral to the band's sound. And then at the end of the 80s, in 89, they released their self-titled debut album, 
Uh, and I mean, t- talking about the band here, I'm probably going to run out of superlatives, really. But this this album is uh, to absolute classic, Titanic, utterly influential from the moment that the uh, the bass riff on "I Wanna Be Adored" floats into the listener's orbit. And I would say it's nearly it's this album is like having nearly all the best jangle pop songs ever on one album, and it's uh, you know it's packed with some of the most universally recognisable chiming guitar lines from Squire. Uh, big sing-along moments. The anthems on it are countless, and it is certainly one of the best albums ever. Uh, the closing track is one of their most legendary, I Am The Resurrection, and I think it's just the, the scope and structure of the song, which is over eight minutes long, it's just, it's just, <clears throat> it just comes in terms that your average uh, band, indie band or whatever, may never even think in, uh, and it's just such an utterly accomplished recording across this album. Although the band apparently weren't happy with the sound of it uh, in terms of the way it was recorded, but I, re- I, I and obviously thousands of other people see nothing to complain about with it. Uh, after that album, their hot streak really continued with uh, singles that they released uh, between albums, of which I think the one that absolutely must be mentioned is Fool's Gold, which is a jaw-dropping track. I think it contains one of the best riffs ever, and uh, you're going to love this description. I'd say the only way to describe its stunning blend of the sublime and futuristic in one track is to say that it sounds like a tribal dance being used to launch a space rocket. Wow, <laughs> lovely stuff. That is that is what this track is at its essence, I think. And uh, only the 10-minute cut need exist. There's plenty of uh, edit, shorter edits of it, but uh, you need to hear it in full. Uh, only recently I got hold of uh, the very best of the Stone Roses, which was originally released in 2002, then re-released in 2012. Probably, probably my favourite Stone Roses album. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta say the best of the, the best Stone of Roses. the Stone Roses. <laughs> Obviously, uh, um, and the, the uh, that is it's structured to really to evoke the debut album. Um, the tracks at the start of the self-titled album. Um, I want to be a dodge. She bangs the drums. Waterfall are all at the at the front. Then it closes with the same two tracks as the self-titled album. Uh, this is the one, and I am the resurrection, as I mentioned. And I think that's certainly done on purpose because uh, it's it casts such a such a great shadow over everything the band ever did. The band has a very diverse range of influences from rock, dance, blues. And I would say the real driver of the band is John Squire, who is. I think a legendary guitarist, but one you don't hear mentioned that much. I mean, the the debut album imagines him really as uh, a Johnny Marr sort of style of guitarist, and then the the, uh, the second album, real, which I'll get onto in a moment, really reimagines him as more of a Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page style player. And I think you know that is that is diversity right there, and they're all some of the best guitarists of all time. Uh, after after the period I've mentioned, the band entered into a protracted legal struggle, trying to get released from their label, and eventually signed with Geffen, but they did not release um, the second album, Second Coming, until uh, 1994, so after quite a delay. This record has a much thicker sound and uh, recontextualises the band as a funk and blues band, essentially. Uh, I think it's quite underrated, but... Um, because of what it was coming up against in the debut album and the expectation after that, much of the press were left quite disappointed, as were a lot of fans. Uh, I th- think you could compare it to something like Illmatic by Nas, which I know Clive loves, as do I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in that it's sort of uh, the, the follow up album, uh, it was written by Nas, in my opinion, is another uh, classic album. But when you compare things to, when you compare something to Illmatic, uh, it's difficult to really follow that and you have a similar situation here with the Stone Roses um, although I really like this album Second Coming I think it is a it is a long album I think some of the bloat of it is really a precursor to some of the albums which eventually killed Britpop like Be Here Now by Oasis being the uh, the main guilty party in that respect well, this second album opens with the epic breaking into heaven as a signal of its intent and uh I mean, there's a, there are some really notable tracks on here. Uh, Begging You is a highlight, which I think almost sounds more like the Chemical Brothers than the Chemical Brothers did at some points. It really reminds <laughs> me of uh, really reminds me of the big beat movement of the later '90s, uh, and the fact that they've just done that with a uh, you know a rock band setup. I think it's quite notable. Ten Story Love Song is a real throwback to the uh, the first album in terms of an indie style. Really gorgeous song. 
And the closing track, uh, the number two chart hit, Love Spreads, is uh, truly vintage. Uh, it has a superb opening, and I think it has one of my favourite vocal performances from Ian Brown as well uh, for the band. Uh, that's an I'd have to say it's the most notable track on here, even though it's a lead single. It's a superb track. Uh, Driving South and Tears are other highlights. And although the band rejected having had any sort of association with Britpop, I think when you listen to a track like Tears, which is a true another really anthemic song, uh, you can't deny that sort of association and the influence that they had on Britpop. Uh, I think, I mean, the reason I picked up the... Um, the greatest hits album was to for a start to hear some of the remastered versions of songs from the debut album because the copy I have is quite quiet, and also to cover um, all of the all of the uh, non-album singles that I didn't already own. And I can't imagine a better fifteen-track summary of any band than that album. So we took the piss a little bit out of it being a greatest hits album, mm. uh, but it is an absolutely perfect document of the band. I would say. Uh, moving on from the release of the second album, um, Rennie departed from the band before it was toured, and John Squire soon followed. Uh, the band are basically remembered for two uh, legendary gigs. The first was the Spike Island gig in Witness in 1990, which has taken on a real mythology, and it's a much celebrated gig. But then the other is uh, Reading Festival 1996, by which point the band sounded, life sounded deteriorated with the departures. And uh, Ian Brown was said to be agonisingly out of tune. Uh, they broke up shortly after that. They had a celebrated reunion in 2011, um, which is uh, part of the Shane Meadows documentary Made of Stone. Uh, there is new material, but I haven't heard it. I think it's always difficult to how to approach that after such a gap, whether it's only we're going to tarnish the way you perceive uh, older material. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes it's uh, it lives up to it. I'm not really sure how it was uh, received, but I haven't listened to it, so I have to say that. But the way I'd summarise it is this was a band with a spectacular but brief career, and I really think they had the potential to dominate um, music in the way that you know the 1960s British bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones did. Uh, they epitomised a sort of northern cool and had... A, an amazing self-belief and confidence. I think that was the key. I think they really believed that they could be just as significant as those bands that I just mentioned were. And that was sort of the key to it during that whole, you know, the whole era in Manchester of the Hacienda in the 1980s. <clears throat> but ultimately they were brought down by mundane factors, legal wrangling, discontented critics. Uh, but while they burned, they burned very brightly. What a band. Mm, very. I was not expecting that. Although I did see SR on your on your notes. Oh, you love playing this game, don't you? I thought I thought it might have been Sigur Ross, <laughs> but um, <laughs> good guess. So it might have been what uh, Sigur Ross, but uh, not quite. No, or, or Sigur no. Ross, or whatever. <laughs> <See you. laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. I'm a kind of like casual fan of Stone Roses. Um, I've seen them live actually um, at Zeget Festival in, oh, right. in Budapest. I did enjoy them a lot. I, I basically just know the biggest songs, um, but you know I'm aware of their influence and I'm a fan. Maybe, maybe I should have more of a listen to them, really, because they are they are up my alley in terms of taste. Clive, are you are you a fan at all? Yeah, they're a band I've actually recently wanted to listen more into because I do like their stuff and yeah, mad for it, mate. Um, I like yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big. I know Oasis get a lot of shit, but I think their first two albums are fantastic. I'm a big fan, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, so I kind of wanted to get more into the Manchester scene, especially as I live pretty near Manchester, and yeah, we'll be we'll be there quite a lot, as that's where I'm going to be working. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so we'll be good. So I'm intrigued to. It's good to hear like a yeah a, a kind of overview of the band, Michael, from an expert like yourself <laughs> before going into such a thing. I think is interesting because often I go into them not knowing and then kind of figure out as I go through, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I usually, yeah. I quite like to go through discographies unless it's like someone like fucking Lou Reed, where it's like, um, discoveries is like his discography is about 65 albums and, you know, some of them are probably aren't <laughs> yeah. that great and I don't have time for that. Then I pick out the best ones, but still generally do them in order from like start to end, if you know what I mean. Quite yeah. like doing that. Um, so I'll probably do a similar thing here um, and it'll be good to, good to get into them knowing a bit of background information, which will... Uh, make a change 
but um, I've seen what's the one with Alan Park? Is it? There's a film with um, Steve Coogan in, right? About the kind of Manchester scene. Uh, Twenty-four oh. hour party people. Yeah, that's the one. Does that predate just, the Stone Roses? I'm not sure. I which think it is. might. I've seen it a long it's, time ago. It's Joy Division. That yeah. era, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I think it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think. By the, the way, I've, while you were talking about that, sorry to interrupt. Just had a, dis, a really disconcerting fact about Ian Curtis. Apparently, one of his last acts on the planet was to go and vote for Margaret Thatcher, which really spoiled things. Why have you told us that? Because <laughs> if I have to know, you have to know. Well, oh, God. fucking it. Can we just abort the podcast? <laughs> Music means nothing to me anymore. <laughs> that's, cr- that's not good. Did he do no. that just before he hung himself? Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> this has got dark. I've made um, a big mistake. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, um, but yeah, that's fascinating. I really need to uh, really need to get into the Happy Mondays because I think they're a band I like. I'm going to like a lot. Happy Mondays. Yeah, I've never listened to them really mm. properly. So mm. yeah, that's something I should do as well. Blip blop blop. Post edit climate. Yeah, I got confused. I meant the Stone Roses. Blip blop blop. Bye. Back to the pod. They do mm. have an album. I noticed yesterday, actually, when I was researching this, that they have an album called Bummed the Happy Mondays. I do like that. Right. Okay. <laughs> I've seen the Happy Mondays actually as well. Uh, Just to get more Stock- into the, Stockton. you know, Ma- Happy Mondays at Manchester as well, right? Am I getting confused? Yeah, they're very yeah, much yeah, associated yeah. with that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I read an article last week about Sean Ryder, yeah. Very cool. interesting act, I think. Just haven't listened to them yet. And obviously Bez, everyone loves Bez. Of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, Clive, what have you got for us today? Um, I have got, so I've been listening to a lot of music, but haven't really sat down and like I say, my life's a bit of a mess, but um, in, a, in the best way possible. So I've kind of, I'm going to talk about the two that I've liked the most. The first of which is, um, it's by an artist called Flume. It's a mixtape. Um, I struggle to make the distinction of what between a mixtape and an album. It's basically an album, I think. I think a mixtape is when it incorporates some other artists and things like that, but not all too clear. Michael, what would you say as an expert on the matter? Well, there used to be, I mean, there used to be like non-commercial releases. I think they really started off in hip-hop more, more so. Yeah. But I think now they've blended together in the internet age a bit. So, yeah. People tend to release mixtapes that are just albums, really. So Yeah, it's, it's, it seems like a very minutiae sort of distinction, really, but... Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so Flume is... Well, it's fabulous. I love this. It's called, it's called, the album's called This Is Flume, um, interestingly, enough, interestingly enough. Flume himself is called Harley Edward Stretton. This, this is all information that's completely new to me as of about 10 minutes ago. Um, he's an Australian record producer, musician and DJ. Um, and his first album came out in 2012, apparently. This is the first of his albums that I've listened to. Well, I'm going to call it an album. It's a, technically a mixtape, but again... We're not sure. Um, it features this mixtape here. This is Flume. Features a Cooker, Eprom, JPEG Mafia, Sophie, HWLS, and um, Slow Tie, uh, among others. It's a very kind of. Uh, it, I don't know what. Apparently, he's a lead sort of um, pioneer of a movement called Future Bass. But as someone who doesn't know all that much about genres, that doesn't mean all that much to me. But um, he's. I don't know how I'd describe it. It's not Miles from. Um, it's like a slightly less. ADHD version of Igloo Ghost that I talked about a couple of years ago or possibly a year ago, which is like this very electronic, jittery type um, music where it's kind of unpredictable as to what's coming next because it feels like it's going one way and then they'll just throw in a drop or start jittering around a bit and then go back into a smooth section. It's that kind of music. It's very electronic, very kind of uh, fills the sound stage, big sound, big synthy sounds. Um, it's this one is I feel like a little bit different because although it is jittery, it's somehow still I'd say quite a smooth album. I think because usually when there's the the jittery kind of time signature uh, shifty stuff going on, there's something which is keeping it all together and kind of holding it together. Even if maybe that's something that had happened thirty seconds before and is now gone, that's still somehow going through your head and helping to hold the whole piece together. That probably sounds nonsensical, but <laughs> it, um, somehow it feels Oops, smooth mate. and yet. If you looked at it objectively, you'd be like, uh, it's definitely not smooth because he's just throwing in random drops and things like that uh, constantly. 
It's generally electronic, instrumental, but um, there are quite a few vocal features on here, some of the people I've already mentioned, including the absolute banger, my favourite song of the year so far, called High Beams, which features um, Slow Tie, who's someone I've not heard enough of. I need to check his stuff out because I really like his um, rapping style. Um, he's got, um, I think he's got a debut album either about to come out or just out. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, I heard I that something was coming. Can, yeah, I can't remember the exact title. The title is something like Nothing Great About Britain. He's a, yeah, he's a it rapper is, from, yeah. uh, from Northampton. Yeah, he seems quite interesting. Yeah, he see, I really like his rapping style. He's got <laughs> uh, one line right near the start of the song. Well, th- I'll just do the first four lines of the song because I really like him. We'll yeah. live when I flip the clutch. Days when I wasted a lot. Some days I waste like plums that ain't been ate for months. Months <laughs> in this place are glum. I just, oh, yeah, brilliant. I love the way that he's saying that he wastes like plums that haven't been ate for months. <laughs> Um, I don't know just an effective image I think um, and quite simple Um, and he's just yeah I really like his he basically him the fact him and Flume together work really really well for the song because it's he's got this really sort of energetic rapping style and uh, Flume's production behind it is also pretty energetic and like quite pumpy it's got this kind of that just goes throughout it and it's um, really kind of <laughs> it's a really good song to run to or do something energetic to um, yeah a, re- a real banger like I say um, notably this is an album that was released with what's called a visualizer which is something that's new to me um, which essentially means it's you can watch like a, there's a YouTube video of it uh, it goes on for whatever slightly longer than the album because there's a bit in the middle that isn't in the album where there's a bit of silence and there's something happening on the screen but it's not really a film, it's kind of just an ascent. Well, it's kind of what it says on the tin. It kind of visualizes the album in a way, which features like this dude, and I don't think it, I don't know if it's Flume himself, I don't think so, um, driving along in a very. As soon as I saw the visualizer, I was like, it felt like a bit, it had been completely made for me because I'm kind of obsessed with um, bright colors and, you know, colors that go together and look really bright, sort of neon colors that go together, but you wouldn't necessarily see together in everyday life because. Well, you know, generally speaking, life isn't all that colourful in on that in the sort of neon type way. <laughs> and maybe it was in the eighties, but it certainly isn't anymore. Um, and I kind of always like that kind of aesthetic. And this guy's driving this car; it's really fucking colourful. He's got loads of colourful stuff in it, and the whole video's just got this really colourful vibe to it, which I think fits the music perfectly. It is kind of like a sugar rush of an album, um, but one that isn't just—it's energetic, but it's also got emotional depth to it. I think um, just in the way he the instruments that he uses and things like that and there's a lot of consistency between i think the songs are quite different but the instrumentation he uses and stuff is quite similar throughout and i, I kind of like that i think it gives the album a real kind of theme to it whereas i think quite often uh, a lot of electronic albums i've listened to they'll have quite a lot of different instruments going on and um it'll make it'll feel a bit disjointed because yeah sure it adds variety but i think he flume adds variety in changing up his songwriting rather than necessarily changing all the instrumentation because i think in with electronic music it's a lot easier to change the instrumentation because you just change the fucking you know (laughs) you just use your keyboard and change the setting on it um whereas in other types of music it's a bit more difficult to completely change the instrumental bedding of a song so maybe that's why it happens more electronic music but yeah it doesn't happen so much in this one i think it helps give it a real consistency and it's just one of those albums i can pretty much always i can't always put it on because it does kind of demand your attention it's not really one you could have on in the background it's very um pretty intense and loud and yeah like i say it it does cry out for your attention it's the opposite of what i was saying about ben howard's album (laughs) that was my number one last year um but yeah, I think it does that in a good way. And if you're walking somewhere or something like that, this is perfect. Uh, or just want to dance around your room like an absolute bell end, which I do quite often. Um, <laughs> this is perfect. So, yeah, I'd really recommend Hi, This Is Flume by Flume. Uh, I think people should check it out. It's really, it's just bloody fun. And I like fun albums. It's just, it seems like he's, yeah, he's made it. He's just having a load of fun. He's obviously got a lot of his favorite artists together um used certain samples of them and yeah he's just he's just having a good time and i think he's in a way he's i think he's put it as a mixtape because it makes it less feel less of pressure on it do you know what i mean than when you say you've released an album i don't know i feel like it's almost less uh i can't think of the word like not monumental but less it's not going to be it's not going to be assessed in your canon as being like one of the main albums just because you called it a mixtape but 
uh, because of the fact he's taken that pressure mm-hmm. off, he's been maybe allowed allowed himself to have a bit more fun with it. Um, and I think that really comes yeah. through. Um, yeah, so I think it's really great and people should check it out. And I'm definitely going to go back and investigate Skin and Flume, his other two albums. Cool. Is this something you're familiar with at all, Michael? No, I mean, I've um, heard of Flume, but I didn't really know anything about who it was, to be honest. Uh, and a lot of artists were mentioned there that I want to check out, like Slow Tie, who we mentioned... I still never checked out Igloo Ghost, even though I've been recommended that from multiple sources. And uh, JPEG Mafia seems really interesting as well. Uh, but I, did, I didn't know anything about Flume, but it's been uh, it's been really insightful for sure. Mm. Excellent. Okay. Uh, sh- do you think I would like it, Clive? Um, I think you Based- probably would. Yeah, it's fun. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's fun. Like I say, so I think you would like it. Particularly okay. listen to. Definitely put on. Um, High Beams, the song I mentioned. I think anyone would like that song. I think I don't. I'm surprised it's not a radio hit, to be honest, because it's just got it that written all over, it, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you could not like it. It's just fucking brilliant. Uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. The rest of it's maybe a little bit more experimental, but yeah, I think it's quite. Well, I think it's pretty accessible, to be honest. Um, I think a lot of people would like it. Well, I'm downloading the track right now. I will uh, give you my review when I get a chance. Uh, <laughs> give it a blast. It's top draw. Right, um, okay, and for a second of the day, is it 2019 or is it we still 2018? Or? Uh, it's 2017, this 20, one. Fucking Christ. Hell, time machine. Uh, <laughs> right, go ahead, Michael. Well, I've got, I've got two 2017 albums to talk about. I can do them back-to-back if you like. Uh, do we'll it. Show, we'll just see how it goes. Go ahead. Okay, so they're both two of the most acclaimed releases of that year, which I hadn't heard until recently and decided to give them a go. Um, the first one is um, King Cruel, the Ooze, or it may be the O O Z because it's capitalised. Not sure how he wants it pronouncing. Uh, King Cruel is the uh, the stage name of Archie Marshall, who is a Brit School alumni. Uh, this album proves that not everything that comes out of the Brit School is uh, dull. Certainly, uh, it's an indescribable concoction of genres: blues, jazz, punk. It verges on spoken words at times, including on the brilliant opener Biscuit Town. Uh, but it's largely down-tempo, crooned ballads, uh, often with an electronic sheen and some influence from trip-hop and dub music. Uh, Marshall's voice is alive with uh, some sort of violence, I think, which we only really catch glimpses of with the way he sings it. Uh, the whole thing has a really smoky and rich atmosphere in terms of the way it sounds and the way it's produced. A track like Vigil is... Uh, you can really see, hear the punk influence coming through on that. Uh, very engrossing track. Uh, it's a very long album. It's quite indulgent, and I think the average listener is likely to have some issues discerning between some of the tracks and with the pacing of the album. But for me, it's an album to really soak in and savour in that respect. Uh, it's a definite grower. I've listened to it quite a few times now, and it gets better and better. Uh, some of the other highlights track-wise, I would say Lonely Blue, Check One, the title track, and also... Half Man, Half Shark, which is an indisputably brilliant song now. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, it's not quite Half Shark, Alligator, Half Man by Dr. Octagon, but it's getting there still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the second album under the King Cruel name. He also released an album under his own name in between the two albums, which is quite unusual. I haven't heard either of the other two, but I know that this... Um, not in terms of music or anything like that, but, or sound, but it, it reminds me of an album I had in my top five on the podcast for 2017, Peasant by Richard Dawson. I think it's an album that didn't get quite as much attention in certain areas as it might have, although a lot of publications did really praise this one from King Crow. But I think in time, it's going to, they're going to be looked back at as a couple of the best albums of that year. So I think that this is clearly an artist to watch. Um, he's only 24 years old currently. He's just come out with this... Uh, Really, really quite great album. So, uh, so that's the first one. Have you heard of Have you heard of this before, Clive? No, I've not. I'm just looking it up now. I don't know why I've how I've missed it because um, it sounds totally like it'll be up my street. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. you get something out of this one. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to check that out definitely. I've got, I've got a question for you, Michael. Yeah. Um, is the name King Cruel any just you know is it related in any way to Donkey Kong? <laughs> that you're aware of I have no idea King K. Rool, I don't think uh, uh, I, I didn't know that uh, I didn't know that <laughs> reference so it may well be that is that is how it's spelled right okay so, it probably is cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah great 
Well, we've all learned something here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> As always. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about the other album from the same year then. Um, this one is by the R&B neo-soul artist. Um, I'm going to say SZA. I don't know how she actually goes by, but that's, again, that is exactly how it's written. Uh, with her debut album, Control. Uh, she's signed to Top Dog Entertainment, of course, the home of Kendrick Lamar as well. Uh, a real artist on the rise. This is the only album that she's released so far. Lyrically, it covers uh, all your typical personal topics uh, for millennials. Rivalry, jealousy, love, self-image, and I would say a corresponding deficit and surfeit of confidence. Uh, The production is what really lends the album its cohesion and thrill, I found. Uh, I find it quite unique, actually, which is always good for any album. Mixes hip-hop and electronic, although, of course, mainstream hip-hop is increasingly electronic these days, regardless of that. But it's just as likely to be typified by throbbing guitar lines loaned from indie rock and off-kilter beats, which I think really define it. I find the track Broken Clocks uh, is highly evocative and seems to perfectly describe the sound of the entire album in the sense that the beats have a real accuracy and syncopation, but they all sound slightly off, and I think that really sums up the album's sound. The vocals are typically delivered in a very soulful style. Some notable guest appearances. We've got Travis Scott playing his, uh, his usual role as an excellent hype man on Love Galore. Uh, Essadade complimented the way that Scott uses melody and I think anyone who's ever listened to him a lot like I have I'm a big fan of Travis uh, knows exactly what she means by that Uh, really brings a unique take to hip hop and Doves in the Wind features uh, Kendrick Lamar putting in one of his uh, his always excellent guest appearances I'm really taken with the book ending tracks on the album Supermodel, The Opener and 20 something The Closer But the whole album to me is highly listenable. Uh, Drew Barrymore is probably the catchiest track for anyone who wants to check that out. It's quite raw, actually, in terms of uh, the sound, I would say. And certainly in its spirit. And I just think this album, again, is so good and so listenable that it's quite mad that this is a debut album. And uh, the two albums that I've just mentioned here are really two of 2017's most acclaimed albums from young artists who have so much growth potentially ahead of them. doesn't always work out that way, of course, but I think you have to find that exciting. So, yeah, another good album. Excellent. Right, uh, two I'd not heard of. Um, Clive, any comments? Um, what was the second one? Because my, <laughs> my fucking connection died, so I'd only heard half of it. Right, I, couldn't, I was trying to work it out, but... It's Control, but spelt C-T-R-L by S-Z-A. Oh, I've heard, that's one I've heard of, but again, not got round to... Um, and uh, have you done any oozing? To... Clive, have you been listening to Ooze at all? Are you familiar with that? <laughs> ooze? No, I haven't done any oozing either. Oh, Controlled by said I think I've listened to it once. But oh, right, I liked yeah. it. But yeah, it's been too long. I need to get a, it's one of those that got forgotten about. Oh, it's, got cool. quite a, it's got quite a summery sound, uh, oh, I would excellent. say. Maybe I'll even, put though it. it's, you know, even though it's, as I say, it feels a bit raw and there's quite, uh, lyrically, there's, it's uh, quite interesting. But. Yeah, I think it's quite timely for this sort of year as we move into the summer. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd like to make more comments, but to be honest, but my issue is that because I've done no prep, I've been trying to think about my next review, which makes me a shit listener because I can't possibly do two things <laughs> at once because I'm a man. I love it. Um, yeah, we're, fr- we're freestyling. So next time, I've learnt my lesson. I'm going to prepare next time. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be better and I'll be able to make more comments on Michael's excellent reviews. Because I feel bad. <laughs> Well, I'm, um, I'm gonna. That's fine. I'm gonna it's give fine. you a few minutes, Clive, before you get into yours. Just very quickly. Don't okay. worry. I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna talk about. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna listen review, to you, Al. But I'm gonna sneak in uh, a comment on a film I've recently seen, Ooh. which soundtrack I've listened a lot to recently. A film called Wild Rose, uh, just out of the minute, starring Jesse Buckley, about an aspiring Glaswegian country singer who struggles to get her cowboy boots on over her tag. Um, but yeah, I would really recommend it. Um, Jesse Buckley is an extremely good singer. Um, the music from it is mainly covers, uh, but there are a few original tracks in there which are really catchy, particularly a song called Glasgow, No Place Like Home. Um, really good film as well. But anyway, I just thought I'd mention that as the one musical recommendation of uh, of the month for me at least. Cool, um, sounds good. I need to watch that uh, film too. I might, I might give it a review in the next film podcast, but I just thought Ooh. I'd mention it as it's music related. So no, there you good. go. That's all I've got to say, Clive. Hopefully Boom. that extra 10 seconds means you've got something at least semi-coherent to say for your second. 
So, um, well, go ahead. What, what I'll do is, um, I'm gonna, we're completely winging it here, completely winging it. Um, so I'm going to mention another album that I've liked since 2019. And then I might talk, let's have a Kanye discussion because I've got a bit of time. Okay, um, okay. And I've been listening to the entire of Kanye's discography now, with the exception of the very latest one. So maybe we can, me and Michael, can, as, as I know Michael's a massive fan, we can have a bit of a impromptu discussion because I feel Still like it. I could talk about that with no prep. Um, yeah. But first, I'll just mention quickly the other album that I've really liked, which is um, an album by Little Sims. That's Little Sims with a Z at the end. Um, an album called Grey Area. She is a British rapper. Let me just find out a bit more information because that's not very much information, is it? Really? Um, well, oh, she's an actress as well. She's a British, an English rapper, singer and actress, apparently. So there you go. Loads of information now. Um Apparently, Kendrick Lamar once called her the illest doing it right now. So that's some pretty wow. uh, some pretty big praise from a really our big man Kendrick. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that means good. I'm speaking for <laughs> I'm speaking for middle class white white Britain everywhere. <laughs> She's uh, not got some debilitating disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so <She's> really <laughs> this feels like you know it's gone from sick the sickest to the illest. I don't know because Illmatic say was that, pretty fucking old. You know, would you describe Illmatic as the most as the most diseased album you've ever heard? <laughs> Maybe we. I think you've just coined something. Yeah, yeah. You have just coined that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the most diseased album. I'm going to use it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it is. Yeah, I think. You, yeah, it is pretty much my favourite album. So I would go around and call it the most diseased album I've ever heard. In that context. Um, so Little Sims Grey Area, I think it was called. Um, it's very old school hip hop production, actually, um, which you've just mentioned, Nas, is similar to that. It's got, and that's the kind of hip hop I'm really into where you can kind of groove along to it, if you know what I mean. It's got like catchy bass lines and uh, nice clean drums over the top. It's definitely got that kind of old school vibe to it. In that, not I'm not talking like Beastie Boys old school vibe, more kind of 90s Nas type vibe uh, gang is it gangstar what they called is that, is that oh yeah gangstar that dj kind. premier my favorite hip-hop producer of all time as well yeah okay cool I, I need to listen to more gangstar but what i've heard it kind of has that smooth uh, vibe that i'm talking about as well oh yeah um, i mean the, ja- the jazz influenced sort of yeah the dusty new york sound gotta love that yeah gotta love it mate <laughs> it's very, oh, yeah. it's very danceable, groovable, yeah, perfect to just listen to. And the, it, and unlike my first one, I'd say you can put it on the background if you want. But that in that way, you'd be missing a lot of it because I think lyrically she's really great. She's a little bit. Um, I, I talk. I think I talked about Loyal Karner before. Um, who I liked his. I don't think I've listened to his latest album, but the one before that, uh, where there's like a picture of his family on the front, which is a very kind of personal, just a, a kind of rap album about growing up, basically, and uh, family life and stuff like that, and a lot of topics that you wouldn't necessarily hear in rap songs and uh which i thought was really 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 kind of fresh and this is in a way similar um i think she talks about things in a quite a simple way it's quite relatable um and she has this uh, i just really like her delivery i think she delivers things like i sometimes struggle my main issue with hip-hop sometimes is that i can't keep up like people who rap really fast my brain can't keep up with what they're saying and so i don't really get enough out of it do you know what i mean unless I'll sit down and read through the lyrics because my brain just can't process what they've said quickly enough. And Kendrick falls into this category sometimes. Um, I just can't process what he's saying quickly enough to, to get much out of it. So I get like snippets uh, and I'm like, oh, that was a good line. And then the next five lines I don't get because I'm too busy thinking about the fact that was a good line. Um, yeah. <laughs> whereas um, that doesn't really happen here with Little Sims. She's not, she doesn't have any sections where she just really, she, she can certainly rap fast if she needs to, but um she doesn't do it that much. It's more about smoothness, which I like. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a really fun, enjoyable album. And there's a lot of uh, good messages in there, you know, f- about feminism, motherhood, things like that. Although I don't think she's actually a mother herself, but there's certainly a theme to it about how she talks about, you know, how she wants to raise a kid and how she's going to do it and that kind of stuff. And just a lot of interesting song, song topics that are, are great. And it's good to see a woman rapper doing really, really well, because I don't think there's still really enough of them, to be honest. Um because they don't seem to get as much exposure as we as in anything i guess but yeah there's i think there's a lot of good female rappers out there and it's good to see one of them breaking through and starting to cause a bit of a scene so yeah i'd recommend uh little, checking out little sims she's really great any comments michael no i don't know i don't know who she is uh but yeah so it's i mean there's there's nothing to dislike about that description is there 
sounds good. Good to me. So yeah, um, I'll have a look into that. I know you're a big fan of her. You're on Rate Your Music like I am, uh, Michael. She's cur- her album is this album is currently rated number two for 2019 on there. So really, it's got wow. a bit of a <clears throat> well, yeah, so. yeah. I really trust the uh, the community on there. So that that is an endorsement between that and a right and a sign off from Kendrick. I think that, that that's enough to sell something to me. I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. Really good. Um, and then yeah, let's talk about. So I listened to. I'd obviously heard, I mean, everyone's bloody heard Kanye West, haven't they? But before I went traveling, but when I went uh, traveling, I basically worked through the entire discography. And um, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with it, to be honest, because even though he's a controversial character, and I don't necessarily like everything he stands for and all that. But, um, and I just find him, he's fucking fascinating. But I'm going to talk about, let's just, I'm just going to whip up my uh, list of the albums here so I know what I'm talking about. Um, Right, so I've got, yeah, I've got listened to everything now except Yay. Um, I haven't li- I have listened to that, but not properly yet. And my favourites, obviously, I, I bloody love College Dropout. I think it's a really, it's just. I think that one is probably the most fun and full of his humour. Um, you'd probably agree with, uh, along with Late Registration. Um, yeah. It kind of has that fun, taking not taking itself too seriously vibe to it. Um, the, the skits in the middle uh, kind of aid that, I suppose, and it's just. There, it's impossible to put that album and not be happy. It's, it's just one of those. It is like a colourful, a brilliant, and I just love his. Um, I don't know how, like, because I don't know enough about rap and such. Whether his actual like rapping itself is particularly highly regarded, but I really like his style. I think he's got this kind of really chilled, smooth, um, and again, it's never particularly fast. Um, it's easy to digest. Um, kind of style that I really really like and I think that is prominent on those albums and just a real smoothness to the way he delivers things um, and I like the way he I know he sometimes gets taken the piss off for doing you know at the end of his lines that kind of sound <laughs> uh, changing the intonation to a, partic- to a particular way but I really like the way he does that I think it kind of drives home the whole the whole line that he's just said um, and I think it really works well in the college dropout and late registration I prefer college dropout to late registration I think late registration's got a couple of songs that don't I think it's when he's starting to get a bit more um go a bit more poppy, but it's not working as yet as much for me yet at that stage. Whereas I know this is controversial, but I really fucking love graduation. And I know that's not his most highly rated album, but I really, really love it. Um I think it's just again a lot of fun. Um But my absolute favourite is my beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy, which is a give it a ten out of ten. It's in, you know, in my top five albums of all time now. It's fucking brilliant i think it's wow. like um like i've not prepared anything here but i just think it's this he's he just goes into well it's kind of like he wrote it right when he kind of went into went away from the limelight having got into trouble for was it something he did with taylor swift um i'm yeah. kind of backtrading here because when this stuff happened i wasn't paying much attention to pop culture <laughs> so um I, I was kind of oblivious to it um but yeah he kind of went into into hiding a bit and wrote this thing and it's very introspective and it's very it's quite damning of himself a lot of the time um and i think that's kind of refreshing from someone that you associate uh, with just being a really cocky twat um, <laughs> um, yeah. um just he's just really going kind of into his demons and i just love all the it's got a real it run from start to finish it's got a real theme to it i think i think often um and you even i think college dropout you could argue with this with the amount of features it sometimes feels a bit disjointed um but i think this one has a lot of features in it but it always has that kind of core slightly moody feel to it um and there's some just absolutely brilliant things i mean it's dark fantasy is brilliant to start off with um then i really like um monster and particularly Nicki minaj's verse on monster i think is fucking amazing <laughs> i don't think it gets enough praise i think it's i mean lyrically it might not be the best but the delivery on that is just brilliant um really really good yeah, and it's, it's genuinely one of the um, best hip hop verses of all time, I think. And um, the thing, the thing is, like, Minaj is a great rapper, in my opinion. I think she can really rap well. Uh, but Kanye did help write that verse, so. Mm, oh, okay. Just, yeah. No, he doesn't need any more praise. But I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she and, and the way, yeah, the, her delivery in it is just change. It's like not that long, but she changes it up like three times throughout, and every time it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's amazing, and I quite often just listen to that verse because I just think it's so brilliant. Um, and it kind, it kind of reminded me of I think um, 
when uh, Buster Rhymes on a scenario by a tribe called Quest, I think he had his people had the same sort of thing about him then, and I think that was what Minaj did with that verse. But not to distract from the main point, just wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely that thing can happen where some I don't know how big Minaj was at this point. This is 2010, but um, I think it was kind of one of her early features, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. It was before. It was just before her debut album came out, so it was a breakthrough verse. Yeah, and I read somewhere that um, Kanye was at some point considering leaving it out because he was worried it would overshadow the entire album. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think I read that in a review somewhere, which I thought was quite interesting. Doesn't but I'm glad he didn't because it's fucking slightly, brilliant. Does he? <laughs> he does he what? Doesn't want his ego pricked even slightly. No. <laughs> Um, but oh, it's so good, so good. But there's so many good, like all of the lights, brilliant. The way that kind of interlude starts, and then it comes into this song, which is just mass, like sounds massive. And I feel like he's kind of built up that massive sounding, like it's very poppy sound, but huge, where it just completely fills the sound spectrum. Kind of on graduation, and like I say, towards the end of um, a li- there's a little bit, there's hints of it certainly in late registration. Um, and this is when he kind of nails it. Um, and all of the lights being one of those songs. Uh, another one would be Lost in the World, uh, featuring Bonavera at the end, um, where it's just kind of this massive. You got this really kind of African drum situation going on, and the whole thing just sounds massive. Um, my absolute favourite song, though, and one of my favourite songs of all time now is Runaway. I just think it's a masterpiece um it's like and it kind of goes into what i was saying about him essentially ripping himself to shreds this is kind of the song where he does that um and uh, with it being called runaway i guess it is essentially about him uh, <laughs> running away from everything and he's it just starts with him just pressing this uh it's nine minutes long and i'm sure most people have heard it but they might have heard the shortened version which i've never heard so i don't know what the difference is but um it just starts with this really long drawn out section of him just pressing one note at a time on a keyboard but in a way that is fabulous and then the way everything just comes in and he starts singing and Oh, it's it's so good and um i think you've mentioned michael before when i've tweeted about this you replied with this which is so true that the kind of ending i guess we'll call it a refrain where he just messes with autotune uh, to the extent where his voice is like really really distorted and you can't really tell what he's saying but they're still attuned yeah. to it is one of the most like effective um it just it brings out so many emotions that um and any you know anyone who argues that autotune can never be good needs to listen to that because if i <laughs> on that part it's just absolutely amazing um it's just like and i think i think this the, whole uh, new like, sound obviously the i think the the mass released version obviously that was shorter just chops that off oh is that Which what to me, it's, it's just not the same track you know no it's not that's so important to it that's like the, it's not it's not the only everything about the track is great but that's a really important part of it um yeah because it's like i don't know it just feels like it's gone from this heavy kind of uh rhythmical track to then him just going completely introspective and uh i feel it's quite like symbolic that he's even distorted it so much that he can't tell what he's saying <laughs> because almost that's not important it's like the feeling is there with the the notes that he's picked with the you know with the autotune and stuff um and it's just yeah. it's just such a good song there isn't really anything like it i can't think of that yeah well really... that 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 section i remember when i first heard it that end section it really it reminds me um I mean, this is quite a dense reference but it reminds me of the austrian uh, experimental electronic producer christian finesse and I can't speak any more highly of it than that, so I'll just say that. Okay, cool. Christine Finesse, is that his real name? Yeah, it's spelled F-E-N-N-E-S-Z. Okay, but even still, that's a pretty cool name. <laughs> don't know if Sorry. I'm pronouncing it correctly, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that is a pretty cool name. I haven't been yeah. sure if I've been pronouncing things correctly all day today, have I? So. <laughs> One of those days, Michael, who knows? <laughs> I think, you know what, I think I've only heard the long version of Runaway, by the way, because the first time I heard it was... I saw the video on YouTube when it was just released. That was a short film with it, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. well, that was it, yeah. And very interesting watch if you haven't watched it, Clive. Um, I have, yeah. He's like stood on a piano, isn't he? Yeah, it's it's a good, I like it. It's a good film as well. Good video for the song. But there's just, you know, Hell of a Life, um, like I say, Lost in the World, Devil in a New Dress. There's just so many good songs. Um, I think another one that I absolutely love is Power, track three. Um, the way it kind of comes in, it pretty much does as it says on the tin. It's a very powerful, very big sounding track. Um, a little bit like a couple of things on Graduation, but in my opinion, better. And I love Graduation, like I say, it's <laughs> another one of my favourites. But this one just smashes everything else out the water. It's so good in that it's got, it's full of fantastic songs, but they're also thematically great, uh, the way they fit together. And I think that's so rare. I think often 
it's one or the other it's like yeah thematically it fits together really well and it's um maybe got one or two songs that you pick out on their own or it's a, a, one of those albums where like just every song's great but maybe there isn't all that much thematically linking them together i think this has got both um and i think that's one of the things that makes it so bloody fantastic and um also uh, oh, Jesus I liked it's a he kind of goes a little quite experimental there and I found it a little bit harder to get into so it took me quite a lot more listens with Jesus than it did with all the other stuff um but I did grow to really like it towards the end and again I feel like he pushes a lot of boundaries on it and I feel like it's a a builder album for something to come um I think some of the things he does on there is probably gonna I don't know I think he's got another masterpiece in him um at least and I think probably some of the things he's doing on Jesus are going to come to the fore uh, in it <laughs> at some point. Um, a little bit like I say with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, I think kind of combines all the things from before and builds uh, this fantastic album out of it. Um, and Life of Pablo, I think was, uh, again, I don't think it's one that's highly rated, but I really like it. It's another one of my favourite ones of his. I'd put it on the same level of my favourites, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, then probably college dropout. Then I'd probably put graduation and life of Pablo. Because I really, I think Life of Pablo is possibly a bit disjointed, um, but it, it it feels like a, a, a Kanye just kind of having this unedited, unedited kind of reign and just being able to do what he wants, and that's kind of fascinating to me. Um, and there's a lot of songs on there that are just um, fantastic, like the opener. What's it called? Like something Beam. Um, Ultralight oh, Ul- Beam. Ultralight Beam is fantastic, and it's tracks like Famous are really bloody good. And even just um, there's a song um, I love Kanye, where it's just going on about <laughs> <laughs> loving Kanye. It's like a 44 minute skit, but it's really fucking good. Um, and yeah. another, uh, well, that reminds me a little bit of uh, on graduation. Uh, one of my favourite songs of his is, um, and I know you're a fan of this. Everything, I, everything I am. Um, where he just kind of twists the words and it's a very simple song um, but yeah the way he I think lyrically he's doing some really really interesting things on that song and yeah it's fantastic oh, but, yeah, for sure. so it's just been a, it's just been an awesome journey getting into his stuff yeah so that's that's my thoughts I don't know what you how you feel about sort of ranking the Michael or what you'd agree well, or disagree I'm- with <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to give a brief overview now because I could certainly talk all day about this. But um, yeah. <laughs> I would say the first two albums are a complete triumph. They really changed my taste in hip hop. Before that, I basically just listened to gangster rap, and mm. uh, it's a totally different world. And those those albums, I mean, at that point, it felt like Kanye could release albums like that for for years, um, which isn't exactly what happened. Graduation is great, though. I do like it. And uh, 808s and Heartbreak has been an amazingly influential album in hindsight. I don't think anyone really realised what it was at the time. And it was a really risky move, which I think shows what Kanye is all about. Uh, he does like to take those chances. I feel um, like that... Um, sorry to interrupt. That You know the refrain yeah. at the end of um, Runaway is kind of influenced yeah. by some of the stuff he did there. Um, oh for sure he, yeah. he built on that so much and incorporated mm. what he did on that album into all the later albums definitely definitely yeah uh, and then like you say even though I like uh, the first two albums and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy are the 10s for me the 10 out of 10s but I think My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is the one you could talk so much about I mean musically this album's just incredible I mean it's so maximalist it's mm-hmm. got absolutely yeah, the sound Ooh, like is massive that, I like that maximalist <laughs> Yeah, is that an actual word, or have you coined that? Yeah, that's a word. It's an art movement, whatever you like. Yeah, I've not heard of it. Love it. Carry yeah. on. <laughs> it's you know the, the it's an absolute Rubik's cube of an album sound wise, um, and it is just I mean, yeah, the the Taylor Swift thing was a dickhead move, but for those who were, of us who were fanatical Kanye fans, it was just this album was just the ultimate vindication. Uh, it's no exaggeration to say it was the most acclaimed album since OK Computer when it came out, mm. uh, and I mean. Uh, Albums like that don't come along every day. There's going to be an album that's going to get the same sort of praise one day. We don't know when it's going to be. Uh, and it just takes a unique set of circumstances for a musician to come through on that level. And that's kind of what that album was. And like you say, every track is just amazing, really. I remember he was releasing tracks. A lot of these tracks came out, uh, were first released long before the album. He was releasing tracks every Friday through his uh, Good Friday series, which was a play on his label, obviously, Good Music. Uh, and I just remember like some of them, like Monster... Uh, I just remember thinking, this. whenever the album arrives, this has got to be on it. I mean, imagine an album with some of these tracks collected. And it just it just absolutely lived up to that. I really like Yeezus. Um, it's obviously very quite experimental compared to some of his stuff. Quite an industrial, highly electronic sound. Hmm. I just love something like Blood on the Leaves, which 
really sums up all the contradictions that Kanye's always been defined by. Uh, you know, it's he takes uh, a haunting track about you know the lynching of black people in the South of America, samples it and uses it on a track about not wanting to pay, uh, you know, child maintenance payments. <laughs> And I think it's just that sort of sacrilege and outrage that, um, you know, he brings to bands a lot of his music, but often in a quite humorous way, like we said. Um, the comedy to his work now is a lot different to what it was. Um, I mean, some of the stuff on the first two albums, first three albums really, is like stand-up worthy, I would say. Uh, now it has a different sort of darker twist to it often. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that album. And The Life of Pablo, I think... At first, I wasn't sure it is very scattershot, but I think it incorporates something that's things that are great about all of his different styles over the years. Uh, it grew on me so much, and I think it's up there with his best work. Uh, so I don't, there isn't a track on there I don't like. I don't think, uh, as far as I can remember. And I've, uh, just to finish off, I've heard all of the Wyoming Session albums now. Uh, it was the Nas and Tiana Taylor albums I hadn't heard, mm-hmm. and I mean it's pretty clear that although I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Kanye's album, I still enjoyed it. Uh, and I thought it still he still does have a lot to offer. Um, I thought it showed that. It left me wanting more, which I think is what these albums were all about, really. Uh, one of the samples on the Kids See Ghost album, uh, one of the transitions between tracks, samples somebody uh, saying that basically uh, mm-hmm. leave them, you know, leave them wanting more. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can just tell like it, that this guy can still produce a track. Some of the beats on these five albums are amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And at some point, I'd love to really dig deep into them and rank all of my favourite tracks from across the five albums. But yeah, we don't, we don't know what he's going to do next. I mean, he performed his Sunday service at the second weekend of Coachella. I don't know if you saw this. Um, and it was heavily gospel. Yeah, it was heavily Oh, I did, uh, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, sorry. All right, yeah. Uh, a bit like the track you mentioned, Ultralight Beam, and then obviously Chance the Rapper features on that track, and he really took that style and ran with it on his own stuff. Mm-hmm. And people were predicting that gospel rap was going to be the next big thing, although I think there's always been an element of that to a lot of uh, the most soulful hip-hop anywhere uh, so i think that might have been slightly exaggerated uh, i think the sunday service was quite poorly received from what i've seen but i've learned to never write off Kanye. i've even though he's been always one of my favorites for so long now i've spent time after time thinking oh the next album is going to be the one where he falls off and it just never happens so i'll uh, i'll always be uh, first in the queue for any new Kanye west album yeah same here <laughs> for sure I mean, I've got nothing really to add on what you two have said. Um, I'm, again, a pretty casual Kanye fan, but I've listened to um, Dropout, College Graduation. And you know what? I don't actually think I've listened to the full album of Dark Twisted Fantasy, but um, I have must have heard about six or seven tracks from it, which kind of shows the strength of how they've come into the zeitgeist. But, um, yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's troubling as a person, but, you know... Yeah, yeah. Great artist. Sure. That's that's the thing. I mean, um, I've seen him described as an idiot savant. I'm not going to call him an idiot, but I mean, some of his views are quite underdeveloped. He expresses mm-hmm. sometimes uh, opinions that I do agree with in very provocative and unnecessary ways. But it's the guy is ultimately a musical genius, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, because I love music so much, I'll put up with a lot uh, because of that. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay. been unfortunate the way he's bent politically over the years, to say the least. But it's the old a thin exactly. line between madness and genius situation. Yeah. Don't know exactly yeah. what's going on with Kanye, and I don't think we ever will. You know, so you mm. sell some very expensive trainers as well, or sneakers, <laughs> if you remember. Oh yeah, I mean they get snapped up like hot cakes, don't these shoes? Uh, I don't know anything about that, but yeah, yeah. I could go for a hot cake, actually. I don't think I've ever had a hot cake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do they get snapped up? Where does that saying come from? I know, normally you wait for a cake to cool down. Why aren't there just loads of hot cake shops if they, if they sell so well? It's a business idea. <laughs> Let's go Stick around hot cakes. cakes. Sponsor idea. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like somewhere, there's got to be a shop opening in somewhere like Shoreditch. <laughs> you know, some hipster area where you just have a hot cake store. That's all you sell. Yeah, plain <laughs> hot cakes. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna start that fucking shop. Nothing on them. <laughs> Nothing on. But it wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> well, you say that, but like you these hot cakes are selling like hot cakes. What would you use? How would you? How do you? <laughs> how do you make that point? 
up your fuck, wouldn't you? You just you nailed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, that ticks us over for this first new music pod of twenty nineteen. Uh, we will be having a new film on that. We've it's going to be a big one next time because it's going to feature some edits that we'll explain on the day. Um, yeah. yeah. Basically, the last one fucked up, and I my voice sounds horrendous because of the mic. It went all electronic awesome. so we'll paste in a couple of uh, the Alan Michaels reviews next time, hopefully. But mine are definitely not usable. <laughs> oh, which is a shame, because they were probably great. the best words that Clive has ever spoke. Yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, my review was described at the time as poet- a poetic masterpiece in itself. Um, yeah. In fact, my review was that good, it got reviewed by outlets. <laughs> Um, and now everyone's yeah. going to be like what did he say what did he say but it's like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction they're never going to know so. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all I'll tell you is it was about Vincent Van Gogh the rest <laughs> who knows or was it <laughs> oh yeah who knows who knows um, I mean um, all those moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain <laughs> <laughs> oh what a poetic closer <laughs> Uh, time to end <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's it. Stick. Let me do plugs now. Stick around. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick around. <laughs> Scrap the plug. Thank you all for listening. Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around